Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're the kind of person who makes a difference at work. So why not work on something that makes a difference? At Zooks, we're looking for collaborative, inquisitive people who can help us achieve our mission. Safer, cleaner, more enjoyable mobility for everyone. Come build the future at Zooks. Find out more at zoox.com slash careers. Your next career move could be your best. Verizon Retail is where people learn, grow, and succeed. We offer the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits that start on day one. Get perks including half off your wireless phone plan, up to $8,000 per year in tuition assistance, and a 401k match to help you reach your goals. Pursue your ambitions today. Learn more and apply at verizon.com forward slash retail careers. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Douglas Valentine. We're going to discuss a recent book of his that he published in 2016. The title of that book is The CIA as Organized Crime, How Illegal Operations Corrupt America and the World. But he's a prolific author. He's written other books. Uh, maybe his most known book is the Phoenix Program, America's Use of Terror in Vietnam. He's also written The Strength of the Wolf, The Secret History of America's War on Drugs, and also The Strength of the Pack, The Personalities, Politics, and Espionage, Intrigues that Shaped the DEA, or Drug Enforcement Agency. And many of the topics that are seem to be covered in those books also are interwoven through the book I read, which is, again, the CIA has organized crime, and it's about how generally intelligence uh, corrupts and is also involved in the drug war and how it all interweaves together. But Douglas Valentine can talk more about that. His website is douglasvalentine.com. There's a wealth of information with links there. And he's also published a poetry anthology. Maybe he can talk, uh, read a poem after the interview if he'd like to. But that is... Uh, Douglas Valentine, uh, Poems of the New American Century. So, Douglas Valentine, are you there? Thanks for having me on your show. I, I hope I can 
contribute something of you know value to people, something new. Well, I think so. I think that I found that your uh, writing and the information included in there is information that you'll never find on the American corporate media. So it was refreshing for me to look and see some of the other uh, information that you know uh, I've seen in other recent books I've read. And uh, so it was re it's really a delight to have you on the show. For people who don't know your name or background, can you talk a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in writing on these various subjects, please? Well, I, um, uh, I'm 69, so I'm a boomer. You know, okay boomer now, everybody, everybody says that. Um, and I went to uh, college during the Vietnam War. But I wasn't political. My interests at the time were, you know, more in um, uh, studying uh, uh, literature, mythology, and, and those are the things that interest me. And I wasn't very political. And I pretty much was not political. And I, my interests were in language, literary criticism. I wanted to be a poet. I wanted to be a writer. But, I, nothing, you know, I didn't have a story to write. And then in 1981, my father, who had been a World War II veteran, uh, and who I was at odds with, we had a, you know, a, a very, uh, back in those days, it was called the generation gap. The, 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 the fathers and sons were all at each other's throats, and there was this big communication gap. Anyway, we hadn't spoken in 10 years, and he said, come home, I, I have a story to tell you. He, he had just had his second open heart surgery. And he told me about his World War II experiences, which had traumatized him and had made him an abusive father. And his doctors told him if he wanted to uh, heal from his second open heart surgery, he had to expatiate all that trauma from the war, and, uh, which, had, which had been, you know, turned him into a pressure cooker. A guy who engaged in corporal punishment and had all these illusions about what it means to be a man and, and manliness. And so my father and I reconciled. And he admitted all the problems of communication that had existed between us were his fault. And this was something very unusual for a father and a son to go through. I'm one of the few people I know from my generation who actually had this kind of a uh, cathartic uh, reconciliation with my father. And anyway, it also resulted in my first book, The Hotel Talk Logan. So I had this kind of magical experience, which, you know, um, uh, fulfilled my desire to become uh, a writer and at the same time uh, uh, gave me um, deep insights into what it means to be a soldier. And, and what, how that impacts modern society and family relationships in a way that you can only come to understand if a man who's been through that goes through a personal transformation and, and actually uh, expatiates all this guilt and anger and uh, all, the, all, all the illusions that he's been operating under and comes clean. And so that was a really uh, transcendent experience for me. And it, it, it also fit into my understanding of what's called the myth of the hero, of uh, uh, an individual having to go through a journey 
a mythological journey through the underworld to confront his own demons, to uh, um, uh, come out of the other, the other end as an enlightened, self-aware human being. So I began to see everything that happened, both in politics and society, through this lens. And I wanted to write a book about the Vietnam War. So um, I started kicking around for a subject to write about Vietnam, something that would involve me in some of these same subjects about the trauma of war. My father, his, his uh, unique World War II experience um, involved a military cover-up, and he had been forced to sign a non-disclosure statement saying that it, uh, he would be tried and executed if he ever told what happened in the war. So there was this added element of, of a veteran having to carry a secret that was, was part of it. And so I wanted to know if there were Vietnam veterans who, had, who were experiencing PTSD. The same thing that my father went through because of, of secrets, a big secret they had to uh, carry with them. And, and somebody referred me to the Phoenix program. Which was the CIA's program of actually directing soldiers, American soldiers, against civilians, the civilians who formed the infrastructure, the, the, who, who were the administrators and political organizers of the insurgency in South Vietnam. And these people were civilians and they were protected by the Geneva Accords, the Geneva Conventions. But this was the beginning of, of um, modern warfare. Uh, directing soldiers against civilians. And uh, this was pretty much the nature of what happened in Vietnam, was that American soldiers didn't find themselves fighting like Nazis in France. They found themselves fighting guerrillas in their own villages, other than the guys that were fighting the North Vietnamese army up north. Uh, a large part of the war found American soldiers fighting civilians. And it was this whole thing that, that changed the way Americans think about themselves and what warfare is. And, and anyway, so it became a fascinating psychological subject for me to get involved in. And in the course of that, I interviewed dozens, if not hundreds, of CIA officers because I had a, the, the, the head of the, the CIA uh, at one point, a guy named William Colby, who, who previously had run the, the Phoenix program, liked my book about my father, the Hotel Top Lobin. And he thought to himself, well, Valentine will understand the pressures that CIA officers and uh, American soldiers were under in Vietnam. And, and uh, uh, that kind of gave and, you. And, and to some extent, he was right. And I was able to win the confidence of these CIA officers and soldiers. Because I did understand uh, what it means to be a soldier and the kind of traumas that soldiers go through, but they didn't. What they didn't expect was that, you know, I mean, my father was like an advisor to me while I was writing this book, and he said, "I would never do that. I never. I don't know any soldier who would go out and torture and kill civilians. You know, I mean, it's something different. So, what was the? You know, it all came down to the the power of language." that was uh, cultivated during the Vietnam War to convince Americans that killing civilians in faraway countries was okay. And that is the crux of the Phoenix program. And, this, and, and again, it was my being able to, having a background in mythology, literary criticism, 
actually studying words and their meaning and their symbolic meaning that gave me insight into what was going on. And I began to see that the CIA's power and the military's power resides totally in its ability to propagandize the American public and to make them believe a story. And, and then the American citizens who are just inundated with military propaganda and also CIA propaganda through the beholding uh, media, which the CIA is hand in glove with. They're, they're virtually, and for all intents and purposes, indistinguishable, the media and the CIA. They represent the same... Uh, upper upper class interests. You know that they're not they're not out to uh, create a a better society or it's not a social welfare program that the the media or the or the CIA. You know their interests are in grabbing the the natural resources in foreign countries and making Americans think that this is something that they need to do for their survival. So all these things came together, which enabled me to do something that nobody else had ever done, you know, which was interview hundreds of CIA officers and, and actually explain what was going on in their minds and in the government's mind to create this perfect storm of disinformation and misinformation, which sort of results from the war, of, you know, very much results from the war on terror and the events of 9-11 that we're witnessing today in the United States. The, this absolute uh, total confusion on the part of people, unless they're absolutely total, totally partisan, and unless they absolutely totally believe that the Democrats are right, or they totally believe that the Republicans are right, or if like Rick Perry said yesterday on Fox News, that although an imperfect human being God and Jesus have told, have chosen Trump, and he's the chosen one. You know, I mean, you, you've got to be pretty crazy to believe that kind of stuff, but 40 million people in the United States believe it. And how, how does it end? How do you get to the, a point where a democracy, where the people in a democracy can believe this stuff? And, and not only that, you know, then there's other people who, who, who watch MSNBC and think that everything they're being told is, is perfect fact. So we live in, you know, what's often called the post-truth world. And, and everybody who's got a brain is at a disadvantage. And anybody who's trying to think critically about these things and is not a true believer in one faction or the other faction finds themselves in a, in a, in a quandary and they don't know where to get facts anymore. And, and, it's, and it's become a virtual, you know, it's become... Um, um, uh, uh, you know what that guy, uh, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he had a website called InfoWars. Oh, Alex it, it Jones? Kind of a, Alex Jones? Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what it is. And that's what's going on. And, and with, you know, it was all this perfect storm of, of people not knowing what's a fact and what's a fiction has just um, exploded due because of the internet right. and, and social media. And now there's actually, you know, it's like there's a Gordian knot and nobody can untangle it. And so, you know, um, uh, what I try to do in sort of flailing about way is to try and explain how we got to this point and uh, 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 try to point some way out of Right. So, and I think that one of the interesting aspects of your book is you show how the Phoenix program 
has seeded the influence of the Phoenix program has seeded itself through American internal and external policies. Does that? Well, yes, you know, and it's it, again, it's um, you know, this whole it, it's philosophical in a way, and I won't overload your your listeners with philosophy, but there was a guy named Hegel who said who had this theory. There's a thesis and an antithesis, and you end up with a, a synthesis. You know, and if you have a foreign policy, which is secret, basically, in the modern world of the Internet, well, that eventually, which if you consider that as a thesis, and you have an um, antithesis, which is uh, of people in America who have domestic policies, which they call democracy and freedom as opposed to the sort of horrible things you have to do overseas to preserve that freedom, well, eventually you end up with a synthesis in the modern world of the Internet. When it's a global world, those overseas policies come back home. And this is the thing I said, that Phoenix had come home to roost. And pretty soon you start seeing these sort of counterinsurgency programs that are used against people overseas basically in the interests of the rich political elite, you find them being used at home as well. And in the United States, that was a you know um, manifest with the Department of creation of the Department of Homeland Security right after 9-11, where all the sort of counterinsurgency programs that were being waged overseas came home. And now they're being waged against the American people. And again, the most the most uh, um, powerful weapon at the government's disposal is information. It's information warfare. And, you know, you can just see it around you every day. And it's just uh, magnified with 9-11, where people are just totally barraged with all sorts of information telling them to support the exact same people who are oppressing them, the soldiers who are standing in airports, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, uh, um, railroad terminals and 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 all the you know the Patriot Act. We have to surveil everybody in the United States in order to make sure that nothing goes on. You know, right. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody believes that Big Brother is a hero. And right. again, right, it's, it's necessary, not, right? Your your enslavement is not these uh, ideas are necessary for your protection. Yeah, and it, again, it goes back to you know the the things that that were happening in ancient Greece when the rich political elite in ancient Greece paid Homer to write stories about Achilles and his and his conquests of you know of Troy, in which warriors are glorified, and and every American male is is brainwashed from the time he's very young to think that being a soldier on behalf of the empire is the greatest thing he can ever do. And so if you grow up in the 9-11, in the World War II, as a post-war baby boomer, or you grow up during the Vietnam War, or if you grow up after 9-11 and you're a man, or you're a woman and you're told to support that man, your, your culture is telling you that you have to be a soldier, that you have to fight and kill and do all these things to preserve you know, your own safety. And, and, and so your little kids can go to school without somebody walking into the school with an AR-15 and blowing everybody away, you know, which sort of, you know, then they have to sort of explain, well, how that's happening. You know, it's, it becomes a dichotomy 
with all the violence in our society, well, how do you explain that away? Well, it's all the result of this myth of the, the, the warrior hero, which just permeates our society and which is essential, absolutely essential to furthering the interests of the warrior, of the rich political elite. And nobody has ever symbolized and represented that sadistic, bullying um, ideal of the American man than Donald Trump. He is the personification of them. You know, he treats women as sex objects, you know, which is what any soldier does overseas. You know, you whip your rape and you pillage, you know, and that's what happens. And, and so he's brought this super toxic masculinity into the American uh, discourse as the absolute ideal of what American men should be, and which is why you have biker gangs and military war and, and, and war criminals and uh, any kind of abusive male supporting him to the nth degree. It's, you know, why the, I can't remember what they call them, those, the, some boys, uh, fascists, all, all, all flock to him as well, because he represents this ideal. And he's telling everybody, you know, this is hooked up to, uh, we have to put a border up along the Mexican um, border to protect us, you know, and it feeds on everybody's paranoia. And it gets down to this, again, this essential uh, contradiction that defines our... our, our um Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, discourse today where the, you now have a whole group of people saying that, well, Trump is fighting the deep state. <laughs> you know, and it's become left equals right. And where he actually more than any other individual hitherto, is representing the interests of the deep state. And, In a and, lot of ways. And, and yeah. pitting, pitting American against American. No doubt. And, and, and you know, so, so how do people understand this? Well, in order to understand this deeply at a level that begins to initiate any kind of change, Everybody has to go through the same sort of cathartic experience that my father and I went through when he revealed when he was able to transform himself and heal me as a result. Okay. Right. You know, to say to you, well, it's not your fault. You were just a kid. What do you know? You know, it was me, the adult, who was furthering all these myths that are essentially self-destructive and untrue. So, you know, everybody. Well, if they want to get out of this mess of what is real and what isn't real yeah. has to start dealing with basic truths, the most basic basic truths of what are your assumptions. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, if yeah, you look, but it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Well, I would agree. In this gridlock. Well, the, I would even argue that this whole country, the U.S., has probably been at war 200 years out of, you know, the... 250 years that it's been in existed, right? The U.S. has constantly been at war. Yes, and this is, and this, you know, I've written about it, like, this right. is the, 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 the American myth. 
that that we had to, uh, you know, that that uh, Columbus was the the the, the Christ bearer, you right. know, yes. and, and he was bringing enlightenment to the lesser people, and so that everything he did was basically okay because he civilized the continent. The, the savages, you know, right? Yeah, all these sorts of things uh, that uh, Trump again epitomizes is the idea that well. You know, uh, there are inferior people, and blacks are inferior people. That's you know, we brought them here from Africa. So what if we, you know, enslaved them? We were giving them an opportunity. You know, I mean, it's it's it it, it, it justifies every horrible thing that America has ever done, and and the westward expansion, the carving out of all the borders, but most of all. The thing that's ingrained, I said, in all American men and the women who uh, enable them and and rely upon them in any sort of way, and you know, um, even to some extent, Fiona Hill can be seen to be uh, a, a representation of this ideal of the warlike man, you know. And 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 what's interesting to see so many women flock to her as an example of the angry woman. You know, who's standing up to angry man as it's somehow an example of this sort of imperial um, take no prisoners personality that actually defines what it means to be an American. I mean, it imbues women in this country as much as it imbues men and, as an idea. And, then, and, and, and yet at the same time, you pit men against women. You know, a guy like, like Trump can do that and, and keep everybody from actually going through the hard work of reconciliation. You know, and overcoming this myth as as it is and what it's done to all of us. Well, right. I mean, why is why are these imperial wars still continuing? Why are we still in Afghanistan? Why are we still in Iraq? What's going on in Ukraine? What's going on in Syria? Why are all these foreign conflicts? Why are we still involved in this? I mean, Afghanistan's the other, honestly almost close to the opposite side of the globe from us, and we're still in there well, fighting wars that are similar to Phoenix, right? So the Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it, it's all economics, you know, I mean, it's basically all economic reasons to, you know, to enrich a certain segment of the American, you know, uh, American public. But um, it's also also that um, a projection of this same myth. Right. So it's the myth. Of, 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 it's a psycho. It, it's what drives the American psychology. OK, that we. It's so there's so many things going on at once, right. but, but it's, just getting back to this myth, if I can, for a minute. Sure, go for it. And then I'll get to your question. But after the United States finished conquering the American continent, which is at the end of the 19th century, okay, and and we we now have our our borders that we have seen today, this expansionism never stopped, okay. Then we go to the Spanish-American War. And we recover the Philippines. You know, we, we, we you know colonize the Philippines, and right. then there's a, a, a you know a almost Cuba. Sort we of almost took Cuba. policy, but at the same time, the Council on Foreign Relations is urging the United States to get involved. And and, and anyway, by the end of World War II, we have military bases all around the world, and we're occupying countries. We're occupying. Germany, we're occupying Japan, and we're beginning to become involved in the the, the politics of countries all around. Korea, the world. Korea, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, not only that, we're, we, we swing the elections in France. We swing the elections in Italy. The CIA is now beginning to manipulate as part of this ideal that the Americans should, the whole world should be made into America. We're manipulating political and social movements in countries all over the world, and we're doing it clandestinely through the CIA. And in the meantime, we set up, you know, which has now become 800 military bases around the world in order to police the countries that are now under our hegemony. Right. Okay. We're, in, we're involved in Hong Kong, too. This whole Hong Kong conflict, the U.S. is supporting stuff, and Trump just signed an agreement to support Hong Kong. I forgot the title of it, but, you know, it's still happening. So it's not... Oh, sorry, I didn't hear... Oh, sorry, I was just saying we're also involved in Hong Kong. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, and, uh, uh, well, it, you know, it's the latest uh, example of the color revolution. It's only they're not using that threadbare cover story anymore you know but if you'll in terms of hong kong the hong you know it started in march the demonstrations okay and they took off on june 9th of this year and on june 15th trump started his trade war with china and just last week trump said well i will not support the hong kong democracy movement if you try to cut a deal with me. So, you know, here, you know, I mean, it's the old one two punch. It gives it gives the United States um, propaganda to use here in the United States to hammer China. And at the same time, it puts political pressure on China to cut a trade deal that's favorable to the United States. It's a perfect example of what the CIA does all around the world. It subverts foreign countries. It manipulates their political and social uh, movements. And at the same time, it adjusts the, the, the messaging so that back home it sounds like the United States is a force for freedom and democracy and doing good. And, and, and so all these things fit together seamlessly. And this is what almost happened in Ukraine, which I know you want to talk about. Yes, but please. Ukraine was an anomaly, okay? And the United States wars in the Middle East as a result of 9-11, were a game changer for Russia. Everybody knew that, that the United States, I mean, and it's been the same since 1917, when the Soviet Union was created, and the, the idea of, of worldwide communism and leftist movements began, okay? And the United States has been fighting first the Soviet Union ever since then, because the United States is, is um, died in the world capitalist country, and one can understand democracy as capitalism, okay? And people here do, philosophically. And so we've been fighting the Soviet Union since 1917. And then at, in 1989, the wall came down and, and the Soviet Union was broken up. And, the, and Russia became the repository of, 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 um, of this war, of all the ideas of this war that had been going on in the United States, okay? And now it had become, you know, it's never a, a um, war of tanks and bombers. It's a, war, it's a psychological war. It's a covert war. Right. And, and as it's, once the United States started you know, uh, 
uh, ringing Iran with military bases, once it took over Iraq, once it started fighting in Syria, the Russians realized our backs against the wall. We're next. The United, the, the Americans are in Afghanistan. They, are, they have military bases in all the former Soviet republics. They're circling them. NATO is expanding. Uh, you know, the former Soviet satellites are now all members of, of NATO. They're closing in on us. And that they had to make a stand. And they made that stand in Ukraine in, in um, 2014. The CIA and the Obama administration organized a crew there that they had been uh, engineering for like 20 or 30 years. And finally, they managed to install American-friendly government that was anti-Russian. And the Russians realized this is, this is where, this is the line in the sand. And so they invaded Crimea. And they took over Crimea, and they annexed it as they said it's a you know always been a part of um, um, the Russian oh, Empire. Russia. Now we're just taking it back. There's like seventy percent of the people there speak Russian. You know it's really a Russian state. And so this is the reason that there's the dynamic of that's what's going on in Ukraine right now. All right, and as as always, the Democrats. And the Republicans, once it, once Ukraine became an, uh, under the American hegemony and a, a client state of America, the Democrats and the Republicans are fighting for who's going to get the oil contracts there. <laughs> and what you see, what you see playing out between Trump and the Democrats right now is a result of all this history and all these different dynamics going on. And now you have, it's come down to, in the, in the, in the modern world, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party each trying to create a narrative to get people to believe that they're doing the right thing, when in reality, they're both equally guilty they're both of, on it, right. of, of creating this situation and trying to exploit it, and they're both equally corrupt. And yet what they, you know, the, the, uh, the whole idea that there's this, you know, family feud going on detracts from, again, what's really happening and any chance for Americans to reconcile and to become whole and a, and a, and a part of a peaceful country that, you know, is not always uh, subverting foreign countries and at the same time propagandizing and destroying the health of its own people. Right. And it's interesting in your book, you talk about how these people are ostensibly uh, well-meaning people like Pierre Omidyar and him actually being involved in Ukraine and financing, uh, coordinating 40 NGOs and some of his, the Intercept and some of his. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know that, uh, you know, that the Intercept was involved. In no, Ukraine. no, no. And other than the point that the Intercept did not, They're not say anything. Any stories about it for the last five right. years, Credo fingering right. its benefactor, billionaire benefactor, as having been a force behind it. Right. You know, they, well, that's what I was they, trying to get they, to. They but. say we're free to write about anything we want, but they don't write about that. Right. But he's, he's a, just like Trump's an example of overt Americanism, American maleism. You know, I mean, there's nothing subtle about the guy. Obviously. Everything about Omidyar is subtle. Okay, he's more representative of the, the CIA deep state working to undermine foreign countries. And, and in this, you know, uh, uh, 
or billionaires uh, have vested interested interests in foreign countries, and Omidyar wanted to, you know, get his his uh, his fingers into the Ukraine pie, and so he he antied up five hundred thousand uh, dollars. I can't remember what year it was in. It was it was right around the time of this coup, 2014, 2014. to create an organization that um, actually focused all of the uh, American private industrial interests with the official government interest into this one powerhouse organization that began to actually define and, cre and, and create the narrative that was being used to, to, to you know, uh, explain to the world, to Americans, to Ukrainians, what was happening there. And of course, it, it completely deflected any attention from any kind of, you know, uh, um, uh, mendacious or 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 uh, precari precari uh, uh, pecuniary interests of the American in Ukraine. You right, know, but wasn't wasn't that one of the reasons why they elected Zelensky, this comedian, as their premier, is because of the prior corruption and what was going on? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, you know, I mean, I don't know enough about it. You know, there's books that have written, you know, my publisher, Clarity uh, Press, uh, published a really good book about it a couple of years ago. Um, uh, about Flashpoint? About Ukraine. And Flashpoint in Ukraine? Hmm. Was it Flashpoint in Ukraine? That's right. That's exactly what it's called. You know, and and, and that was basically chronicling there what was happening there as it was happening. Okay, so anybody who's interested in knowing the details, which I don't know, and you know, I only know it as a um, uh, manifestation of of these other things that I was talking about. You know, basically the war with Russia that's been going on since 1917, and clash of ideologies and, and now this, you know, the corruption that's endemic to both the Democrats and the Republicans as they, they both say, bang, gotcha. And the other one goes, bang, no, I got you first. You know, I mean, it's just this anvil chorus of, uh, you know, infantile right. standards and yes. smears yeah. that, that just totally occupies the imagination and, and time of the Amer of American citizens. Good point. And while, while in the meantime, the, the corporations are stealing the world blind and, and preventing Americans from becoming fully conscious human beings. Fully conscious, healthy, happy human beings. You know, if you keep them, if you keep them like dogs in a cage, of course they're going to fight at each other, and that's sure. the, that's what's going on. But don't you think that's part of the psychological operation? That's intentional. Yeah, that's sure. that's why I've said from the beginning that language is is the most powerful weapon that the rich politically wield over all of us. Can I can I read a quote from your section on Ukraine? Ukraine, your uh, chapter. It is, quote, the CIA isn't conducting secret illegal actions around the world to bring class, gender, and racial harmony to America or encourage Palestinians and Jews to hold hands and sing Pepsi commercials together. 
The CIA is doing this on behalf of the Clintons and Bushes. They do it for Ahmed Yar and Bill Gates and George Soros and the people who rule us. So, anyway, we're almost at. You know, I mean, you you try to sum up things. You know, that's a sort of a summary paragraph. And 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 I would, you know, it's a pretty good summary paragraph. But at the same time, everybody's got to learn what's going on in a, in in historical, psychological. Well, you know, every different aspect of it. And, and, and the problem is, is that as long as you're struggling to make a living, you don't have time to do that. Right. You know, so so basically you're assured that 50 million, 50 million people are always going to vote for Trump. And you're assured that 50 million people are always going to vote for the Democrats. And, and it just becomes a gridlock, which, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the nobody can escape, you know, and the only way you can escape it is at one individual at a time, you know, and, and, and again, that's the hardest thing in the world to do, to transform yourself into a, into a conscious, loving, forgiving, peaceful human being here in the United States. Well said. That's a good way to end it. But before we wrap this up, can you read some, do you mind reading a little bit of your poetry? Do you have a favorite poem available? Uh, you mean from uh, yeah. my own poetry? Yeah, I think it's from Poems of the New American Century. Did you put? Well, you, that was that was an anthology oh, that okay. I edited. That's not actually my own poetry. Oh, I'm sorry, but um, you know, I certainly encourage everybody to get the book. Okay. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, my poetry book is called A Crow's Dream. Okay, and and it's based on the fact that. When I, do we have five minutes? Absolutely. You have all the time you want. Okay. Well, when I was eight years old, I had a, a magical experience. Uh, I was a kid and I um, was going to school and I was wearing, a, it was in the autumn and I live in New England. And my mother stuck a red hat on me, a red wool cap. And a crow followed me to school, flying from tree to tree. And when I got out of school, it was still there, and it followed me back home. During the day when I was a kid, uh, when I was at school that day, it, it followed me running across the uh, playground. You know, and all the other kids went, whoa, you know, why is this crow finally, you know, flying next to his shoulder? And anyway, so I got home, and it followed me home, and the next morning I woke up. To make a law, you know, other things happened, but it was standing in the front yard waiting for me again. And it, you know, my mother was there and she was interested in it, but she had chores to do. And the, the crow looked at me and it cocked its head. And I lived by the, right next to the woods uh, on the outskirts of town. And this crow walked me up a path and into the woods and it would flap its wings every few feet. And, and as a kid, I was just focused on it, just like a, watching a hypnotist's watch you know, in front of my eyes. And I followed up this path, and pretty soon I was in a part of the woods I had never been in before. Okay. And the crow stood in the middle of a little clearing under a tree, and it's the autumn. And um, um, the air shook, and a thousand leaves, yellow leaves, fell down all around me. And when I came out of the spell, um, the crow was gone, 
and I just stumbled home, you know, kind of like blindly through the woods, and I found myself at home. And, um, you know, it took me 25 years to figure out, you know, what might have happened or what was going on. And, and when you're a little kid, you have secrets. You know, you don't tell your parents everything. You know, you, you have girly magazines. You don't tell your mother, I have girly magazines, or I have cigarettes, you know, or something like that. And this was just one of those little kid secrets that I never told anybody. But it was also at the core of what, what defines me as a person. I always knew that there, there was something more than going on in this world that meets the eye. And I wondered, why had the crow led me to this experience? You know, was it really just the red hat? You know, what was going on? And, and I've been working, looking for the rest of my life for these kind of magical experiences. And it was one of the reasons I was actually able to understand my father, uh, be able to talk to CIA officers in a deeply personal way, because I understood what intimacy was. I understood that this whole idea of intimacy, of being intimate with the world, was something that I learned from this crow, that we have to be intimately involved with nature and with the world to fully understand it in a, in a way that is so, is so intimate that it's hard to actually to talk to people about it. The way the most intimate things are that are going on with you, you, you tend to keep those things secret, you know, and that so it becomes the duty of a writer who's going to try to make a better world to talk about these intimate things, okay, intimate relations, and that if you can do that, people will, will respond to you, and we can respond to each other as individuals. So I, I wrote a poem sort of about all that. It's called Red Wing, and it's about becoming intimate all over again. Red Wing. The scene is always the same. I'm intruding in someone else's dream. Someone much older with white hair, pointing a stick at a bird in a tree. The moon, of course, is waxing. Icicles sweet with syrup drip from maple branches. Beyond the split rail fence, someone slips into the forest. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's always over too soon before I think it through. Before I remember how to glide like the Red Wing without ceremony across the thawing fields. Oh, I like that. It's great. The whole idea is to get back to this this state of innocence, this intimacy with the world that we once all knew. As children, you know, what uh, the radiance that was once so bright. Uh, uh, if you read, you know, the great poets, you remember that line. This is what we should be striving for as human beings, Amen. not conquest 
not war, but to find that goodness and that naturalness inside ourselves and inside everybody else. Awesome. That's a great way to end it. Again, it's Douglas Valentine. The book we kind of roughly covered was The CIA as Organized Crime, How Illegal Operations Corrupt America and the World, published 2016. His website is douglasvalentine.com, and the anthology of poetry I referenced is Poems of the New American Century. Douglas Valentine, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. You're the kind of person who makes a difference at work. So why not work on something that makes a difference? At Zooks, we're looking for collaborative, inquisitive people who can help us achieve our mission. Safer, cleaner, more enjoyable mobility for everyone. Come build the future at Zooks. Find out more at zoox.com slash careers. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. One for hitting the trail. One for catching a wave. One where this happened. Yo, where'd our tent go? Another where the fish get bigger. Every time you tell the story. Some spots, you made your mark. Others, marked you. And one, okay, let's stay away from that one. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With best-in-class standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Comparison based on 2022 Frontier S versus latest in-market Ward small truck segment. Base models compared based on manufacturer's website. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.